Turn with me please in the scriptures to Matthew the 7th chapter. A few weeks ago we started on a series we're calling Mercy Over Judgment. Mercy Over Judgment. And let's look at our text verses, main texts, and then proceed further into this today. And if you hadn't been here on Friday nights, the Lord's given us good utterance on these things too. You know, you don't want to miss something that you were supposed to have gotten. So thank God for technology today. Used to, if you weren't in the service, that's it. (laughs) Right? You just didn't get it. You missed it. But now you can go online and uh, sit through the whole thing, watch the whole thing again, listen to the whole thing. So take advantage of that. Matthew 7 and 1. Jesus said, what did he say? Judge not that you be not judged. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, I'm going to talk about judgment again. If you think talking about judgment is not fun, let me tell you what's really not fun. Getting judged. <laughs> no. One of the greatest things we could ever learn is that even though we may have missed it and and judgment should come on us, it's possible to get mercy instead of judgment. Now, judgment can involve destruction. But mercy means even though it was coming your way, you don't get it. You don't get it. Do you think we should know about these things and be clear on them? Shouldn't be foggy in our thinking about it. We should know about these things. Jesus said what? Judge not. Why? So you won't be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. The Lord is going to deal with us the way we deal with each other. Now, this is not theory. This is truth spoken by the Master. He deals with us the way we deal with each other. If we're hard and harsh with each other, we're going to be dealt with hardly and harshly. If we judge each other, we're going to be judged. If we forgive each other, we will be forgiven. If we're kind and gracious with each other, we will be dealt with kindly and graciously. Is it true? This is something we we need to keep in our thinking all the time. It's obvious many Christians don't believe this. Obvious. Because if you did, you'd never treat people badly. If you believed this. Because you'd know you're setting yourself up. For hard times. And it's real simple. In any situation. How would you like to be dealt with? Maybe you've blown it terribly. Messed up horribly. What do you want in that situation? Maybe you're in the gutter. You're in the low place. You feel worthless. You don't want to show your face. What do you need? What do you want? You want somebody to rake you over the coals for the next three years about it. Somebody to come down on you hard and judge you. And, no, what, what do you want? You want mercy. Well, if you want mercy, 
What do you got to do? You have to sow or give or show mercy if you're going to get mercy. According to Jesus. For with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. With what measure you meet, it'll be measured to you again. Verse 3. And why beholdest thou the mote, which is a speck, that's in your brother's eye, but considerest not the beam or the plank that's in your own eye? Or how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the mote out of your eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye. Many feel they have the ministry of mote removal. Moat discernment, <laughs> moat ministry, and they're very adamant about. It. There's too many moats around here. There's moats, moats, moats. I can't stand moats. <laughs> and yet, they should be in such good shape to only have a moat. They got this plank covering half their face. And yet they're concerned about a speck in somebody else's life. Is this happening? Or is what Jesus is talking about completely irrelevant? Is this happening? Oh, this is happening right, left, front, and back. Verse 5. You hypocrite, Jesus said. First, cast out the beam out of your own eye. And then you'll see clearly to cast out the moat out of your brother's eye. Now, uh. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but uh, I want you to be thinking about these things. Anytime you see something in somebody else's life that bothers you, that upsets you, one of the first questions you want to ask yourself is, what have I done? Are you with me? What have I done? And any time that you're looking at somebody's life and thinking they could be doing more. They could do more with what they've got. What should you ask yourself? What have I done with what I have? What am I doing? And what that is, is judging yourself instead of judging them. Oh, that just makes me sick. They blow all that money on this and blow all that money on that. What should you ask yourself? What am I doing with my money? What am I doing? Because you're not going to be judged for what they're doing. (laughs) Is that right? And they're not going to be judged by what you think they ought to be doing. But every man. Every one of us is going to give an account of himself. Is that right? Of the things done in the flesh. Not to determine whether we're lost or saved. That's bought and paid for by the blood of the Lamb. But to determine our reward. And what we have authority over. In the kingdom to come. Now a whole lot of people say, well, oh man, if I can just make it in. That's all I care. Well, you say that now. But when you see a thousand years from now and 10,000 years from now, what some of the rest of the folks are getting to do and be a part of and ruling over. No, friend, what's going on right now matters. 
I said it matters. And if we're faithful in that which is least, the Lord's going to make us ruler over much. Do you believe it, saints? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is real. And it's going to go on eon after eon when all of this is long forgotten. This is the briefest thing we will ever do. This earth life is the shortest thing we will ever do. It's training. We're supposed to be developing. Amen. And who reigns over what and how much is being determined right now. Some are going to rule over five cities. Some are going to rule over ten. It's not going to be socialistic. Everybody gets the same. Uh Uh-uh. (laughs) Well, that's another thought, isn't it? (laughs) Go with me to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 31. He said, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Now is this written to Christians? I mean if you back up earlier in the chapter. It talks about the church. Back up in the beginning of the book. To the saints at Corinth. This is not written to unbelievers. This is written to believers. Part of, are they, we're part of the same church they're a part of. True? Can a Christian be judged? In this life. Now this is a question that some are struggling with today. But we need to answer it. We need to be very clear on it. Jesus said. What? Judge not. That you be not judged. Does that apply to us? Does it? If. Go back to verse 31. If. That's a, that's a qualifier. If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. What if we won't judge ourselves? Well, then you will be judged. If we won't judge other people, we won't be judged. But if we judge them, we will be judged in the same way we judge them. Is that what Jesus said? So two very big points in this is judging others. And judging yourself. If we don't want to be judged. We must observe these two truths. Don't judge other people. Do judge yourself. Now we looked at 1 Peter. Was it 1 Peter 5, 9 or so? 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Where he talks about the enemy Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, is going about seeking what? Whom he may devour. Is he looking for Christians to devour? Well, sure. He'd much rather devour you than somebody he's already got. Are Christians being devoured? If it's stealing and killing and destroying, God's not doing it. Jesus said the thief does this. Are there Christians who are experiencing loss and destruction 
and devastation. No question about it. Every one of us could tell about something that's happened in our life. Well, the enemy is going about. That's what he's doing right now. It's what he does 24-7 is looking, seeking like a predator whom he may devour, consume, destroy. But don't you like that one little three-letter word there, M-A-Y? M-A-Y. Didn't say just going around devouring whomever he wants to. Whom he what? That means there's some he may. And some like. Come on, like like you, is that right? Like you and me, whom he may not. Somebody say he may not. He may not. But that's just talk if you don't know what determines whom he may devour. And whom he may not. What determines that? Well last week we got into it pretty detailed. About what determines that. It has to do with judgment. Judgment allows the destroyer access. And when he gets access he's going to destroy. He, he would have taken us out years ago if he could. Is that right? He is always looking for a way to us. You know, I'm not going to shed one tear when he gets what's coming to him. You talk about evil. Every day and night, he's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy me. But why are we still here? The mercy of God. The Lord has kept us by his angels, by his Holy Spirit. So then why do we see, in some cases, devastation and destruction, and in other cases, people are kept? Well, we went to uh, Luke, I believe it was Luke 13, and we saw Jesus tell about tragedies that had happened. A tower that fell on people. A government official that, that slaughtered some people. And this would have been like something that would have been in our news today of some great tragedy where people were killed. And Jesus said, do you think those people were worse people, worse sinners than anybody else in that town? And that's why that happened to them? He said, I tell you, no, no. But unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Then he said it again concerning the other situation. Do you think they were worse sinners because those bad things happened to them? And when people say, why did God do that to those people? He didn't. Why did God let that happen to them then? That's the question. But the question is, Jesus said, it's not a question of that. Don't be focusing on God. If you repent, you'll be safe. If you repent. Oh, friend, repentance is one of the greatest gifts we have ever been given from God. It is the means whereby When judgment is looming, we can close the door on the devil. Huh? When really judgment should come, we blew it. We've messed up. If we got what's coming to us, we would be judged. Yet, if you genuinely repent, you can get mercy and not be judged. Now, another way of saying repent is to say judge yourself. 
Judging yourself is repenting. And that's what James talks about there. I'll just read it to you out loud. James 2 and uh, 12. James 2, 12. And this is the ASV. So speak ye and so do as men that are to be judged by the law of liberty. Verse 13. For judgment is without mercy to him that showed no mercy. But mercy glories against judgment. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Amplified says, mercy exalts victoriously over judgment. Mercy is how you escape being judged. But who gets the mercy? Or here's another way. Who gets the grace? Go with me to two scriptures. Go go to James. I should have had you stay there in, in Peter. But go to James, please. The fourth chapter. James 4. And verse uh, 6. James 4 and 6 says, He gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud. But gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. All this goes together now. All this goes together. Humility. Submission. And resisting the devil. Go together. Don't separate them. Sit out loud. Humility, Humility. submission, Submission. resisting the devil, devil. go together. together. They always go together. Look in 1 Peter 5. That's why I said I could have had you stay there. 1 Peter 5 and 5. Likewise, ye younger, do what? Submit yourselves to the elder. This is a concept that's almost unknown to our generation. Sadly. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with what? Humility. Humility. Another subject that's not well known. For God does what? Resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Another word for grace is mercy and favor and kindness, all of which is undeserved, unmerited. Keep reading. What does he say again? Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. God's not opposed to you being raised up, lifted up, promoted, exalted. He is opposed to you doing it. Self-promotion, self-exaltation. He wants you to wait on him, let him do it. When and how he sees right. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now notice the very next thing he says. What we were reading about just a moment ago. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Why does he talk about resisting the devil in the same breath, so to speak, as humility? And he did the same thing in James. You'll find this a theme. 
Because, well, Ephesians talks about this too, neither give place to the devil. And with that, he talks about not yielding to anger and not letting the sun go down on your wrath. If we are proud and unwilling to humble ourselves and repent, we're refusing to judge ourselves. And we will be judged, which means the enemy will have access to us. In fact, he already has access to us. Think about the scriptures again. Submit yourself to God. Humble yourself. And then turn around and do what? Resist the devil. Don't mix them up. How many understand? Don't resist God. Submit yourself to God. Yield to God. What about the devil? Don't yield to the devil. Resist him. Well, if you're being proud and unwilling to humble yourself and unwilling to acknowledge that you made any mistakes and unwilling to repent, did you get that from God or the enemy? Who's the proud one? I mean, the the proudest being in creation is the devil. What did Jesus say? Come learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. So you see what the problem is, if you're yielding to pride, the devil doesn't have to yield to you because you're yielding to him. He doesn't have to get out of your space because you're giving him place. Can you see this, friends? And if we are obstinate and stubborn and proud and unwilling to repent, we're in danger. Because if judgment is looming, we don't have our escape. Tell me what our escape is. What did Jesus say was the key to us being spared when towers fell on other people and other folks were stabbing and killing other folks? How are we going to be safe in the midst of this dangerous world down here? He said repentance was the key to us staying safe. Didn't he say it? Repent. He's not willing that any should perish. Now go with me please to the book of Acts. And let's see this in action. Let's see this in the New Testament church. Living examples of it. In Acts the fourth chapter. That's where I want you to go right now please. Acts chapter four. How do we get to safety? When judgment is looming. Repent. Another way of saying repent is what? Judge yourself. Judge yourself. Because if I judge myself, what, what will happen next? I won't be judged. Which means the enemy doesn't have access to me. I'm one of the ones he may not devour. He can't get to me. But if I won't repent, if I won't judge myself, well, in in fact, put it back over to the screen for us, please. You're in Acts 4. Put up on the screen 1 Corinthians 11.30. If we judge ourselves, what? We should not be judged. What if you don't? Verse 32. What if you don't? When we are judged, is he talking to Christians? 
When we're judged, we're what? Chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Now some folks will say, well, now, Brother Keith, Jesus has already paid for our sins. And judgment came on him for our sins. So how can judgment come on a Christian for sin that Jesus already paid for? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Let's back up and talk about this a little bit further. If the only thing that matters is that Jesus took our place and paid the price for all our sin and judgment fell on him. Did judgment fall on him for everybody's sins? Yes. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever, is that everybody in the world? Everybody that has lived will live. Did he pay the price for the sins of the world? Did he? Well, then if that's all that matters is that he bore the sins and was judged for the sins, then that means everybody will be saved. If all that matters is that judgment fell on him and judgment can't fall on anybody that he bore their sins for, then that means there will be no judgment on anybody ever because he paid the price for everybody's sins. No, no, because you're leaving out this big, big factor of faith. Those go into all the world, preach the good news about Jesus bearing the sins and taking the judgment in our place to everybody. Then what happens next? To him that believes, right, and acts on it, baptized. Well, what? He'll be saved. To him that believes not. He'll be saved too because Jesus bore, huh? Huh? No, no. He'll be damned. That's the word for judged. How can he or she be judged when Jesus was judged in their place? Because they're not judging themselves as lost without him and needing what he did and receiving what he did. Their lack of faith affects what he paid for on their behalf. That's the scripture says in Timothy, God is the savior of all men, especially of them that believe. What does that mean? He's potentially the savior of the world, but he's only experientially the savior to those that believe. Can you see this, friend? Well, if that's true, Talking about the unsaved is true concerning everybody. It's true concerning, uh, what about once saved, always saved? You can be saved as long as you want to be saved, as long as you believe. If you quit believing, you're in trouble. Come on, can you see this? No, everybody's not going to be saved. Jesus said there were few, relatively few. There was a broad path that led to destruction and a lot of people's on it. And if relatively few are going to be saved. That's what Jesus said. Didn't he? So according to Jesus, everybody's not going to be saved. Again, 
God's not willing that any should perish. What's the rest of the verse say? But that all should come to repentance. What's your escape from hell? Repentance. What's your escape from towers falling on you and crazy people shooting you? Don't judge other people. And do be quick to humble yourself. Come on, are you with me? If you've missed it, if you've messed up, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let the sun go down on your mistake. Come on, can you see this? Can you see what he's talking about? Get it fixed now. How do you get it fixed? Repent, repent, repent. Uh, come before the Lord. Say, Lord, I knew better than that. Uh, I, I'm wrong. And I don't just mean empty words. Humility. Come on, can you see this? Genuine, heartfelt. And if you'll do that, you're good. You're safe. You're secure. If you won't do that, if you harden your heart, if you stiffen your neck, if you're proud, if you're unwilling, you won't admit what you did, you won't deal with it, you're in danger. Even tongue-talking, Bible-toting Christians, come on, are you listening, can be in danger if you won't repent. Now in Acts 4, are you there? Acts 4.23. What has happened is the disciples were arrested and uh, beaten for preaching the gospel. And when they were let go, Where'd they go? Where'd they go? To their own company. The household of faith. The church. Their believers. Is that right? They went. And down, skip down to, they went to their own company. Somebody said out loud, they went to their own company. And verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. Now this is not the government came and took it from them. And said we're going to redistribute this for you. Oh no, 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 no. Nobody made anybody do anything. And they weren't distributing their things to unbelievers. Why should I take the blessing God gave me and give it to people that blaspheme him? This was happening in in the church amongst believers. Keep reading. With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace, favor, mercy, kindness was upon them all. Are they being kept? Are they being provided for and, and protected and You and I can't live perfect lives enough to warrant this. The only way we can stay safe and get these things is by his grace and mercy. But involved in that is repentance when you miss it. 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. And there were thousands of people in this church. I mean, what, five or six thousand had gotten saved just in two different uh, instances Recorded in the book of Acts. I mean, we're probably talking about 15, 20,000 member church here. You hear sometimes people talking, well, I want a New Testament church, just a little church. <laughs> Read it again, honey. <laughs> thousands of people, perhaps scores of thousands of people, and you couldn't find one person 
in need and lack. Could God still do that again? Can he still do that again? And the reason being, people were, were blessed and they were free hearted and people were given. Our money and stuff was flowing throughout the church just freely like water. And everybody's needs were met. Nobody was making anybody do anything. These people are full of the Spirit. They're full of love. They're being led by the Spirit. They're givers. Closer to God you get, the bigger giver you become. He's the greatest giver of all. Isn't he? And the closer, more full of love you get, the greatest expression of love is giving. God so loved the world that he gave. So people are, are selling lands, houses. How many know their lands, properties, and houses were as valuable to them then as people's are to them today? Right? Same thing. Could you imagine selling your house and giving all the money that you got for it? <laughs> it's quiet in here. That's what they're doing. And they brought the prices of the things that were sold, verse 35, and they laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made to every man according, they're saying, here, do whatever we need to do with it in the church. Isn't that amazing? This is a snapshot of spirit-filled people. Not just people who spoke in tongues for a few minutes. Spirit-filled people. If you're full of the spirit, you're full of love. You're full of faith. You're a giver. Come on, sit out loud, everybody. Everybody in Branson, everybody here, everybody with us online, sit out loud. Lord, Lord help us to rise up to this. To see the moving of the Spirit. On this level. To be filled with the Spirit. And love. And liberal. Like this. And beyond. I ask for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Is this Bible? This is the will of God. Is this what we're supposed to have? Like this. And and more. Verse 36. Joses, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is to be interpreted son of consolation, a Levite, country of Cyprus. He had land. He sold his land. And he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it. And brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles feet. And Peter said. Ananias. Let's just stop right here. You've read this. You know what's about to happen. Is Ananias and Sapphira. Are they Christians? The Bible said. The apostles went back to their own company. And here's where they are. Peter knows this man by name. Is that right? Is he part of the church? Do unbelievers, sinners, have a habit of selling their houses and bringing the money for it to the church? Ananias and Sapphira are believers. They are Christians in the church. Here, where Peter's one of the main ministers. True or not? Now, now, if you don't think that's right, oh, you need to get it fixed. Don't just take my word for it. Put your nose in this book. 
Study it earnestly. Let me go over this again real slow. Where did Peter and the apostles go? To their own company. And that's where this story takes place. In their own company. So the, the idea would, would you tend to think these are part of their own company. Peter knows this man. Calls him by name. How does he know the man? They go to church together. Right? They're in church together. Do unbelievers sell their houses and their property and bring it and just give it to the church? Is it a common thing? I hadn't heard of it. (laughs) And after this was all over, the scripture, after this incident was over, the scripture said great fear came upon all the church. This is something that happened in the church to the church. Are y'all with me, friends? Just hold your place right there in Acts. Put up 1 Peter 4.17 for us, please. He said, the time has come. The judgment must begin where? Where? Who's the house of God? We're the house of God. At the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Can a Christian be judged? Can a believer be judged? Now, here, in this life, a saved man, a saved woman. What would be two of the big reasons why you would be judged? You judged others. And what? You didn't judge yourself. Come on, can you see this? Now back to Acts. Acts 5. Peter said, Ananias, he knows him. They go to church together. He's a believer. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? Now, here's one of the biggest mistakes. And, old man, you see this over and over again. Ananias and Sapphira, it wasn't real enough to them that what they're saying and doing, God is hearing. They got their eyes on men, on Peter and the apostles. Oh man, you see this over and over again. And not realizing, I'm in church. The Spirit of God is here. He hears every word I say. He sees everything I do. And instead of doing things as though you're before the Lord, which we are, they're thinking about men. Well, we can hide this from them. They won't know. It won't matter. And they disrespected God by disrespecting the leadership. Come on, can you see this? Moses and Aaron, the people would rail against them and, and complain against them. And more than once, the scripture said, the Lord would say, I hear your murmurings, which you murmur against me. And they didn't call the Lord's name. They thought they're talking about Moses and Aaron. But didn't the Lord say, if you receive the one I send, you receive me. If you despise the one I send, you despise me. He takes it personally, doesn't he? Like you did it to him. And that's what happened right here. They got up 
and lied in church, in front of everybody, in the midst of a move of God. Serious business. Tell me what it's time to do. The man of God has looked you in the eye and by a word of knowledge says, put, put it back on the screen, Ananias, why have you yielded to the devil, given place to the devil, and let him fill your heart with a lie and lie to the Holy Spirit? Now, come on, help me out. If you heard such a thing, what should you be thinking? I'm in trouble. Is that right? I'm in trouble. Should you realize, should it hit you like a ton of bricks? Man, judgment is hanging over my head. Come on, tell me, what what is it time to do? And I don't mean three seconds from now. What is it time to do? Hit your knees. Come on, are you with? Hit your knees. And humble yourself. Humble yourself. Yeah, but I'm in front of everybody. What will people think? (laughs) What will people think when you're dead? When you get judged. What should he have done? He, man, he should have hit his, oh God, uh, forgive me. Oh God, oh God, what a fool. Oh God, Peter, I'm sorry. Sir, I'm sorry. I, I, what was wrong with me? I, forgive me. Should he? Yes. Would it have been any different? We have scores of situations that the most evil men that ever lived on the planet did that and God forgave them. He spared them. And judgment didn't come on them. But what does Ananias do? Nothing. Four. While it remained, was it not your own? Who told you you had to come bring this money to the church? Nobody told you you had to do this. After it was sold, wasn't it in your own power? Nobody said you had to give all of it. If you want to give half of it, give half of it. But don't say you gave it all. Don't stand up here and lie in front of God. Nobody told you what you had to do with this money. Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. How many understand Peter should not have been able to say all that with Ananias standing there. Defy it. Ananias should have been on the floor. Shouldn't he? But he didn't. So verse 5 comes next. Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, the spirit, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. He was judged because he wouldn't judge himself. But this is mercy. This is mercy? Even so. I reckon you'll see this man in heaven. You say, say what? Yeah. If he's a believer, he's a believer. Did I lose somebody? He's a believer. Okay. You need more scripture. First Corinthians 1130. Put it. Hold your place there. Don't, don't turn there. Just put it on the screen. First Corinthians 1131, I should say. 31. If we had judged ourselves, what would happen? We won't be judged. Verse 32. 
But when we are judged, what happens? Chastened of the Lord. Why? Why? That we should not be condemned with the world. Ananias and Sapphira got judged on that day. But they're not going to be judged in the coming day. Oh, come with the world. Come on, can you see this? With the world. And if you had to pick between getting judged now and later, pick now. Right now. Just let's deal with it now. But what's better than getting judged now or later? Judge yourself and just don't get judged at all. Get mercy. Get grace. Come on, can you see this? This is a believer in the middle of church, in the middle of a church service, fell dead because he was judged because he wouldn't judge himself. Keep reading. Back in Acts 5. Is this New Testament? Is this Bible? Do we read all the Bible? We don't ignore parts and say, well, we don't want to look at that. Is all of it good for us to teach us, to help us, to correct us? Is the Lord looking out for us? He wants to protect us. Ananias fell down. His spirit left his body. That don't mean he's eternally lost. That means he's done with this life. (laughs) And great fear came on all them that heard these things. Verse 6. And the young men arose, wound him up, carried him out, and buried him. Didn't ask his family what kind of casket he liked. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) And nobody said anything about it either. Because a reverence for the things of God came up in the church. And people realized you don't do these kind of things. Verse 7, it was about the space of three hours after. So they had some good long services too, didn't they? (laughs) Three hours later, they had time to go bury the old boy. And, and, And his wife, Sapphira, shows up. I don't know if it took her a long time to get ready. What happened? But she, she's three hours <laughs> late for the service. <laughs> but they're still there. <laughs> and uh, she didn't know what had happened. Her husband is dead and buried. She don't know he's dead. <laughs> so she comes in. And Peter said, Sapphira, come here. Tell me, this land that you and your husband sold, did you sell it for X amount? What'd she say? Yes, that's right, that amount. If you look up the words, you know the Bible says if any two of you agree as touching anything, it'll be done for you. That same word is used with him and her. They agreed to lie about this. They were in this together. And verse 9. Peter said, how is it that you've agreed together to tempt the Spirit of God? Now, now come here. What's supposed to be happening? If she realized what's going on, what would she be doing before he could finish this sentence right here? What would she be doing? She would be on the floor. Is that right? 
God forgive me. What ignorance. What stupidity. To think. To come here and lie. See they thought they are lying to the preacher. They are lying to God. God said you lied to me. You go stand up in church. And lie in my face. Now the, the big problem here is. These guys knew better. Oh they knew better than this. They knew they didn't, they didn't have to come give any of this money. They didn't have to give all of it. They didn't have to give half of it. They didn't have to do anything. Nobody is asking them to do anything. But they saw people like Barnabas and where his faith was and what a giver he was. And I'm sure people talked about it. And they want to be seen. And they want to be noticed. And they want to be up in front of the people. They want to make a big deal out of it. They want everybody to know how much they gave. But they didn't want to turn loose of that money either. So they lied. And anybody can make a mistake. That's not the end of it. If you see. You realize you've made your mistake. Tell me what should you do. What should you do. And I don't mean five minutes from now. Much less tomorrow. Come on are y'all with me. Can you see what a serious thing this is. What should you do. Repent. Judge yourself. Repent. Give God a right to spare you, clean you, protect you. How is it you've agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them that have buried your husband, she just now found out her husband's dead. They're at the door. They just got back. And they're ready to take you too. Is this a fairy tale or did this happen? Then she fell down straightway at his feet, yielded up the ghost, and young men came in and found her dead. And carrying her forth, buried her beside by her husband. And great fear. Came upon what? All, All the what? Church. This is church. These are church people. This happened in the church. <laughs> to the church. His judgment first began at the house of God. Can you see this friends? Let me show you something different though. Go over to the 8th chapter. And I'm closing with this I think. And we're going to receive communion and uh, be a good time to repent. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. Over communion, wouldn't it? Over communion, yeah. in communion. And be willing, if you've wronged somebody or judged somebody, you may need to talk to them too and make it right. And if they don't want to talk to you, well, do the best you can. If it's up as far as what's up to you and then leave the rest of it to God. Acts 8. In Acts 8, we see another move of God in this city of uh, Samaria. Philip, in verse 5, Acts 8, 5, Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to him. And uh, people heard the gospel. They believed the gospel. They got baptized. Are they saved? If you believe the gospel and get baptized, wouldn't you tend to believe they're saved? If they're not, we're going to have to check up on you. And, and there was a man there who was named Simon, a sorcerer. A sorcerer. And the Bible said in verse 13, Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. Is Simon the sorcerer now Simon the believer? Is he saved? The Bible said he believed and he was baptized. 
What the Bible say? He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Simon, ex-sorcerer, I guess maybe two days ago, is a believer. He's a Christian. And he continued with Philip, wondering and beholding the miracles and signs which were done because he had had a life of smoke and mirrors and fooling people and he is looking at real miracles. And it is astonishing to him that there is actually something real here. He believed. Verse 14, they sent the apostles 15 and 16 down through here to pray for them, to be filled with the Spirit. And they did. And, and through laying on of hands, the people were filled with the Spirit. And, and let me see, uh, Simon, without reading all this, he offered them money and said, give me this gift. Now he's, talking about, he's not trying to buy the Holy Spirit. He wants the ability to lay hands on people and them get filled with the Holy Spirit. And he tried to buy it from the apostles. And the man of God said, your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. He said, look at uh, verse 21, 20, well, verse 20, where, where were we? Your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God may be purchased with money. Verse 21, you have neither part nor lot in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. What's the solution? What's the solution? Is Simon not in a good place right now? He's not in a good place. What's the solution? How do you get out of this bad place? Repent, therefore, that this your wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, I perceive you're in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. See, he used to be big stuff around there till they came. Now it showed up that all his hocus pocus was nothing. And here's the real thing. And he's on the outside looking in. What's the solution? Humility. Humble yourself. If you mess up, judge yourself. And repent. So what did he do? So Simon fell dead. And they carried him out. And buried him beside Ananias and Sapphira. Huh? Huh? No, because Simon spoke up. He spoke up and said, yes, yes. Would you please pray for me too? That none of these things happen to me, please. Is there a humility about him? A willingness to, did he receive what the man of God told him? Did he flare up and say, you don't talk to me like that. That's how you get judged. That's how you get judged. No. He said, basically he was saying, yes, sir, yes, sir, I will, I will. And would you please pray for me too, please, please. I don't want these things to happen to me. He spoke. And so there is no falling dead. There is no judging. Come on, can you see this? And he was a sorcerer a few days ago. Oh, friend, if we will keep this in mind, we need not fear. Even if we blow it badly, we don't have to perish. We don't, the enemy doesn't have to get access to us or to ours. But what must we do and do it genuinely and do it quickly? What must we do? Repent. Repent. Do not wait. Do not be scared about what people may know. Don't be proud and try to hide and cover up things. That's how you get judged. 
Come clean quickly. Repent quickly. Come on, can you see this? Judge yourself and you won't be judged. Is that some of the best news you ever heard in your life, child of God? Some of the best news you ever heard in your life. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.